Welcome to another episode of the Loving Life After Loss podcast. I am your host, Marie Alessi. Watching beautiful people, I have the absolute pleasure to introduce you to the lovely Veronica Williams. It was so worth the wait. I cannot wait to introduce you to this lovely lady. Um, we had to unfortunately postpone it from last week. So I'm really, really happy to have you here, Veronica. We already had a bit of a chat beforehand so we could get to know each other because we literally got connected through this uh, lovely platform that we're both on, which is called Pop Match. So guests and interviewees are matched together. Um, and I really love this opportunity to, through this platform, actually get uh, people from all over the world that I have never connected with before. So without further ado, would you do us the honor to introduce yourself to our audience, give us a little bit about the background, who is Veronica Williams? Welcome. Okay, welcome. Thank you so much, uh, Marie. I really appreciate the opportunity. So I, am, <laughs> I am a licensed minister, a master certified life coach. I am mm -hmm. the co-founder of Alliance Seminars Coaching, which is a veteran-owned faith-based organization that provides clients with coaching services, motivational mm -hmm. speaking, and also certified workshops. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That is a lot. And as I just uh, learned from you, you actually work with your husband, is that right? Yes, I, that's uh, my husband and I both are the founders of yeah. Alliance Seminars Coaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, who do you mainly work with? Who are your clients that you work with? Um, our clients are individuals, couples, and we also mm -hmm. do leadership um, workshops for organizations yeah um there's one thing that really struck me that i find so so beautiful and i hope you don't mind me jumping straight into that veronica because this story i find really really touching i have literally just uh, in an interview this morning where i was asked a question about my husband and my relationship and that came out of the blue i hadn't been asked about our relationship for a really long time and then we have our little chat and you tell me that your husband and yourself, you went to couples coaching, couples therapy about 23 years ago. I find this so beautiful uh, because you have got a very happy story to tell. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? What made you do that? Is it something where you felt we want to better our relationship or was it um, that there were things that you had to work out and you decided that would be the best way forward? Um, you said you're okay for me to ask you that. So I, I asked permission. I didn't want to just, uh, you know, strangle you into this question. I just really I would love for you to share that with our viewers if you don't mind. Oh, yes. Uh, my husband and I decided to go to uh, marriage counseling um, because we are, um, uh, uh, I'll just, if it's okay, I'll just say we're Christians and of part of our, <laughs> and a part <laughs> of our church and our foundation is that we wanted to get a better, um, biblical understanding, um, and set a true godly foundation for our marriage. And as a result, mm -hmm. we enrolled in, um, marriage counseling at my church, um, mm -hmm. And um, it was just phenomenal. It was great to learn about ourselves individually and learn about each other, new things and um, um, building a foundation and setting some goals and really understanding what our love is towards one another because people always have different um, definitions for what love is. And we also decided mm -hmm that that was gonna be great for us because I was going to have to move 3000 miles away. Wow. And, um, you know- To be with him? To be or... with him. Wow. To be with him, yes. Yeah. So the distance where- So that so... was that, sorry, just quickly, that was then at the very start of your relationship that you did the marriage counseling. Yes, at the very- Wow. Well, well when we decided, to, when he asked me to marry him, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I said yes, but I also, prior to even just us getting um, to know each other and dating, in our conversations, we both had agreed that we wanted to do counseling. Um, because mm-hmm. we we both had different backgrounds. Um, his parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. My parents had been married for 57 years. My husband wow. was the oldest. I was the youngest in my family. Mm-hmm. I had many siblings that were married. So I mm-hmm. had seen a plethora of uh, relationships. And we also saw relationships with our friends. But being our, our Christian background, we wanted mm-hmm. to really find a biblical base for us so that we can have a thriving and successful, healthy marriage. Um, and part of that is we really needed to know how we were going to balance each other in terms of we both worked in ministry and mm-hmm. we both had leadership roles. And so we needed to, how do, how do you make that work? We've sat, yeah. found some people, um, what we saw, a lot of people didn't have that working. <laughs> it was it was dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then we saw the couples, um, uh, other couples, such as his mentor and my godparents who worked in mm-hmm. ministry uh, successfully. Mm-hmm. Even my parents worked in ministry successfully, but we wanted to um, have that as a foundation to to just start our marriage out the right way with with godly principles Mm -hmm. and with biblical principles that will um, allow us to have a healthy marriage because one thing we found out there's no perfect marriages Mm -hmm. but we did find out that there are um, healthy marriages Mm -hmm. and in order to have a healthy marriage it takes being authentic being who you really are it takes being um, honest Mm-hmm. And it takes learning to trust mm-hmm. um, each other and yourself and yeah. discovering more and more things about you. You you learn more about you when you live together with someone mm-hmm. after you say, I'm absolutely. You know, married. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You find out some of the things that you thought were just natural, they're, mm. they're weird to the other spouse. I would like to, I just love what you say here, Veronica, because uh, so many people um, wouldn't even consider couples counseling, marriage counseling, and very often people wait till a problem arises or before it's actually sometimes too late to, um, although I, I don't think it's ever too late, but you know what I mean, they wait till that it's really a very tricky and challenging situation already before they even ask or reach out for help or admit that they need help. And that, that's a big part. There's often pride in the way. And I love that you took that step before even anything could arise to really build a proper base. This is so beautiful. It says a lot about you. It says a lot about your love. And that brings me back to the question you said, everybody defines love differently. Can you share your definition, please? I'd love to hear yours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I'll just say it in a more simplified way, you know, Mm -hmm. it's based on um, the Bible in Ephesians 5.25, where he tells the husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Mm -hmm. And it talked about for women to submit um, to their husbands. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where people get hung up at. Um, And so when we can just kind of define that, uh, for, for, from a woman's perspective, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to submit and obey really all the, all that is saying is that, will you, you are to respect your husband. Mm-hmm. That's all it means. People yeah. get so hung up on and, and play on the words that, yeah. um, you have to kind of like go a little deeper than that. Um, mm-hmm. and so for me, um, that was it. I, I I loved my husband because for one, in our in our building our relationship, we were f- friends first. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't um, engage in um, consummating our relationship prior to marriage. Mm-hmm. So that means I saved myself for him, um, and then. Uh, just learning, learning about what you, you know, setting boundaries and allowing each individual to be able to speak freely about mm-hmm. certain things. Um, because oftentimes people get married and they say, oh, he changed. 
or mm. he or he shut down. He never talks about it. Well, mm. all of those type of things, um, that type of communication, it should happen before marriage. Mm-hmm. And it's just no, it's no different than when you're building a relationship or a friendship with your best friend, mm. male or female. And yeah. that's and and so what happens is when you do that, and this is the person that you fall in love with. Now he's your friend, your best friend. Now that you love him, now he's your lover, you know? And mm. then most importantly, he takes on um, being a confidant of yours. Mm. Um, and that goes Beautiful. both ways. Because yeah. when we say I do, we're saying that I, I do to every part of this person, the good, mm. the bad, the ugly, the parts that we don't know and we'll discover along the way. Um, And that's what keeps marriages together when you really know what saying I do really means. And Mm. if you're really meaning that you're going to um, stay with this person until death do us part. And, and, you know, and because what happens is um, leading up to marriage, there are red flags that do happen with some couples. Not every couple Mm. goes through them. Mm-hmm. And some of the red flags are when people um, are, I hear women say to me, I can't trust him. Or men say, I can't trust her. Or you mm-hmm. go into a relationship being dishonest with secrets mm-hmm. and not being able to share them with you. Well, those are red flags. And yeah. that, and before you walk down the aisle to say, I do, that is an issue that needs to be resolved. If you go into marriage with it, it's, it's, it's excess baggage that you're bringing yeah. into the marriage that is going that is going a little deeper. And so that's why it's great to have marriage counseling because mm-hmm. you're able to talk about those most difficult things and you have someone to pull them out. Either they've mm-hmm. discerned them or it's something that you said that is overlooked and they can mm-hmm. go back and question you about it. Um, A lot of people come out of relationships, go into one relationship, into a next one, which we call they're on the rebound. Mm -hmm. They um, are people get married and out of relationships through divorce or whatever. So quickly they're in Mm -hmm. one relationship, they get out of it and they're back in another one. They haven't had time to heal. Yeah. And they haven't had time to really discover yeah. what it is that I want now that this didn't work out for me. Yeah. I think there are so many really valued, uh, valuable points in there. Some golden nuggets. I think it's almost like half a counseling session that you're giving us here already. I love it. Thank you so much for all these tips because I, I really believe in that, you know, just thinking about uh, what you actually go into and when you do see rat, red flags beforehand um, to address them beforehand and not say I do and then, oh, I maybe do, uh, maybe I don't. Do you know what I mean? Um, I would love to know. I know we're kind of like we're starting straight with with a beautiful, you know, you went for marriage counseling and now we're going backwards a little bit. But I'd, I'd like to know, now that I know you had to move 3,000 miles away to get married and to meet your husband, to meet, live with him, you, you both said that uh, you had a friendship before you got married. How did you even meet and how did that work out 3,000 miles apart to create a friendship? Well, first of all, my husband and I, um, we went to middle school and high school together. Oh, wow. Okay. We really, we knew mutual friends. We -hmm. never dated, but we had mutual friends because we just went, it it was just, uh, we were a close knit middle school students and high school students. (laughs) And after everyone went their way after high school Mm -hmm. and about four years later, people got together when they mm-hmm. saw each other for those that moved out of town and came back yeah. in town. Uh, my husband and I reconnected back at our 10-year class reunion. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going there to date anybody. I was single. Yeah. He was single. And we happened to meet. And out of that, um, mutual friends always got together with him when he came out of town because my husband was in the military. So he would travel mm-hmm with his mm-hmm. job from time to time back to um, our hometown. And um, every time our group of friends got together with him when he came to town, I never was available. Mm. 
So what we did is we, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. It could have happened sooner, right? Um, but what we did is we met, um, I met, a, we, we went and had dinner. Um, and one time we had lunch, you know, we mm-hmm. talked and then we kept our friendship up just on the phone. And when he came mm-hmm. to town to visit, we always got to see each other. And our friendship actually developed into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, we spent hours on the phone. I still have them. He always asked about 200 questions and we still have those questions. I said, you know, we <laughs> need to write these questions down. I love it. Um, that would be helpful for other couples as we mm-hmm. go through life. Um, and as a result, it just ultimately, um, it, the, the relationship changed and it changed one evening. We were talking for several hours. I, mm-hmm. um, we were three hours difference in our time zone. Mm-hmm. And um, I came back in the evening and he had left me a message. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that sounds different, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from all the other type of messages. Yeah. So I, um, I didn't call him back immediately. I called him back after three days um, because <laughs> I just needed to kind of catch my breath. I needed to figure mm-hmm. out the tone. I didn't want to overreact. Like, what is this all about? And when I called him back, he thought he asked me about um, dating. Like, how do you Mm -hmm. feel about, you know, long distance dating? Because I really Mm -hmm. feel like, you know, I want to get to, I've gotten to know you, but I really feel like I would like to date you. And one of the things I said to him is that, um, you know, I mean, I, I liked him. You know, of course, you grow on someone or someone grows on you, the more you talk to them and the more you Mm -hmm. see them in depth as as to who they really are. Um, And I told him, I said, well, the one thing that is going to have to happen is something that is so taboo. And that is you're going to have to court me. Um, And then I want to know for sure, um, (laughs) do what what are your intentions? Mm -hmm. Uh, What is your purpose for dating me? Is it for yeah. us, you know, back then women thought you date for three months and surely your boyfriend and girlfriend. And that's yeah. not the case. That is such a false um, myth that people have put on themselves. Mm-hmm. But I needed to know that. Um, mm-hmm. I was an introvert, but I also, mm-hmm. um, the more I got to know him, the more I began, my voice was valued and the more that I can say whatever mm-hmm. I wanted to say respectfully. And so that took me out of my little shy shell. <laughs> and yeah. um, he was willing to do that. And he proved That's himself beautiful. that way because our actions speak louder than words. You could say a whole lot of things, but yes. um, showing demonstrating it. And, yeah. and it works both ways because, you know, yeah. we're both far away. How do I know yeah. I'm going to be the one? How do I know, you know, are you interested in dating more people or just one person mm-hmm. when you're yeah. asking me this question? Because, yeah. and I don't think a lot of women um, are encouraged enough, are, 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 are bold enough to yeah. really take a stand for how the relationship operate. We become yeah. more passive and allow mm-hmm. the male to run the relationship, which I'm not saying that he should not. Mm-hmm. But your voice should be equally um, important and I think valued. that's the key word, the equally important. I think every relationship needs the mutual respect, the mutual love, the mutual courting, the mutual, um, you know, I love when you said, uh, I felt my voice was heard. That is so beautiful because that is such an important feeling. If you don't have that in a relationship, there's definitely a huge lack. There's something very, very important missing. So, and it's so I, yeah. No, I was gonna say, and, and you're very right. It's very key about having your being valued in your relationship. Mm. And um, I know when we do coaching, we want to know: Does your fiance, you know, have? Um, are they able to speak freely? You know, yeah, and and, and um, speak freely without being uh, regarded as. Um, um, you know, less than who they are and mm-hmm. without judgment. Yeah. Yeah. Without judgment. That's a big one. Absolutely. 
Veronica, I would like to take you a little bit further into your journey now. So you guys got married at what age? Uh, we were married, uh, I believe I was 32 years old when we got wow. married. Yeah, beautiful. And then take us a little bit on that path of your children so, because there there is where we come to the journey of loss as well and uh, I'd really like you to share that because I just I just think it's incredibly powerful and beautiful what happened along your journey yep along our journey us. yes um along our journey um we've had two miscarriages mm. um when you go through a miscarriage there's so many it's 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 grief and grief has so it has about six various um, stages, about seven stages. And mm. in grief, you can go through all of them or you can go through a few of them. Mm. Um, but because I had such a spiritual foundation in my life, I was hurt, mm. I cried, I was disappointed, but I also relied on God to help us and to help yeah. me. Of course, naturally, everyone runs to the woman and want to console her and the husband is pushed to the side like he never was there um mm. but one thing that i did i always made sure that i communicated with my husband i always made sure that he understood where i was coming from and i also mm. made sure that he was okay yeah um he might have felt sometimes when he felt like oh everybody always asks about you but they never ask about yeah. me that's so but, true though Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and I think to anyone that goes through a miscarriage and you're with the, with the, the spouse or the significant other, it's important mm -hmm. to include them in the pain um, because you have to realize not only you are grieving, you can't be selfish in that. Um, mm -hmm. The other spouse is grieving as well. And particularly in this case, my husband was grieving as well because yeah. being 32 years old, is something that you're excited about. We had decided mm. that this was a season that we were ready to start having a baby mm. or planning for our family to increase. Mm. And we were disappointed that um, we did not survive that. Um, mm. With that particular baby, the reason why it became a miscarriage is also um, the baby had a um, certain chromosome that was not going to allow it to grow uh, past yeah. a certain age. I was at 22 weeks of being pregnant. Mm. So it was also risky. Um, yeah. If I had gone full term with the baby, um, it wasn't so sure that I would have come out alive with that. Mm -hmm. So we had to go um, through our doctors to kind of figure out the best way, how were they gonna you know, find the solution Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, I was just at the point where um, it was okay. They were able to, it was able to have a miscarriage, you know, mm -hmm. um, how it came about, because if it was any longer um, in any more weeks, if it was 25 weeks or 27 weeks or something like that, I would have had to go full term and then we wouldn't have known what was going to happen with the baby yeah. and with me. Um, health-wise and in the delivery process. Um, mm. But not only did we have one miscarriage, we actually had two. Mm. And the second one, again, I was a few, uh, 20-some weeks. Um, um, and I probably was going through some empty nesting the night before. And I woke yeah. up in the morning not really knowing what was happening. And um, my husband had to, again, well, for this particular time, he had to call the ambulance, fire truck, everybody, the whole shebang. Mm -hmm. um, and we, they just rushed me to the hospital. They took care of whatever we needed to take care of. And it was when I got to the hospital, they were able to share with us what had happened. Yeah. And again, here we go a second time being believers. You know, we, we didn't really question God. We just kind of said, well, the Lord must know know best. Um, he must know mm. what's ahead for us in this case. Um, and I got more strength. And I think this is a time where my husband, even in the miscarriages, I think 
I think he got to see how strong I really was um, because I was from a large family. I was the youngest mm -hmm. in the family. I already had to move 3,000 miles away with him, being a yeah. military wife. Um, he knew that I had adapted in that manner. Mm -hmm. But going through something like this without family around was a difficult piece that he was more concerned about. Is she going to be okay? Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we had the miscarriage. We um, got through it. We had some friends that we had a good village around us. We had family. Mm -hmm. We had our friends. Um, but most importantly, we had our faith to just trust God. Mm -hmm. And in this particular um, um uh, pain. I got a revelation through my prayer and my devotional time and being able to, um, I think it was in the second pregnancy where I was able to really build up my confidence to share mm -hmm. it, to share the story. And part of sharing the story is that God had shown me that um, it was uh, my husband and I one day was just sitting on the bed and we were crying, we were talking and we got ourselves composed. And I said, you know, mm -hmm. I feel like the Lord is telling me, I, I, I'm hearing that the Lord is saying to me that we are only in our storm for as long as we allow ourselves to be. Mm -hmm. Didn't understand what it meant. I was like, okay, God, I need you to show me more about that. And it was like, mm -hmm. Veronica, I know your pain. But as soon as you turn it over to me, because this is something that you cannot handle on your own, mm -hmm. uh, then I can start the healing process. And when I realized that, and I turned it over to God, and I went through all of that, I went through, through the stages of grief, through the stages of feeling bad, um, through the stages of other people making you feel bad that you didn't have mm. a baby, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or just yeah. certain things that come along. It's so many things. You only, you're going through grief yourself, but then you have all these outside people that are not influencers in your life, but they're more yeah. onlookers. Yeah. And by us being believers, people were looking at how are they going to handle this? And even though they say that they- I can only imagine that people who are not believers that they would stand on the sideline and go like, well, Where's your God now and how can he help you now? And that is that tall. And I have spoken to so many Christians about that as well, that they themselves went through phases like that, where it challenged their faith, where it challenged their belief in God, their belief in that he'll always, um, you know, has got your back and that you can turn everything over to him. How did you go with that? Did you have a time of questioning that? Did you have a challenging time with your own faith? Or was your faith just rock solid all the way through and you knew that you I were holding say, that? Yeah, I want to say that my, my faith was shaken. Mm. But shaken to the point that I had to draw closer to God. You know, mm. um, I didn't question him. I just read his word and I prayed and that he would heal, that he would deliver, he would set us free, he would allow us to go through this. And, yeah. and one thing that I did not do is I did not isolate myself from the family and the friends that was mm -hmm. really there to help support me. First, it was my husband. And the way that my husband and I got through this is that we set this challenge is not to divide us, but this challenge mm -hmm. is to draw us closer. Yeah. And that is what it did. It drew us even closer. Like we loved each other even more so. We just said, well, we don't have any children. It just allows us to have more time to love on one another mm -hmm. um, and to still give our all to God because we had made a commitment in our life. Yeah. For me, in my years growing up, there was a song that said, uh, I would trust in the Lord until I die. And this mm -hmm. was one of those situations. It was until yeah. I die because I had to really lean on him. I could not give mm -hmm. up and I had to trust him and his promises. But I also had to reflect on other times when there was challenges in my life and how God showed up. Mm -hmm. And I had to go back and remember and believe that he was going to show up this time too. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and sure enough, he did. Um, 
I didn't waver in my faith in terms of like, oh God, you said, I, I didn't waver like that. I, my, mm-hmm. my, my faith was, um, was shaken in that it was like, oh my, I just gotta, I gotta fight a little harder to be stronger, Mm -hmm. to be more encouraged, to be, to realize how I'm going to get through this. And um, for the second time, hold my head up despite of uh, feeling low. Um, um, How can I find peace in the midst of all this pain? Um, And one thing that I, I had told my husband is that, you know, we can't get stuck here. This is just a challenge for us to grow and learn more about what God want us to do mm. because there he still wants to bless us we just yeah. didn't know how he was going to bless us but let's not we can't give up on God now and that was the whole mm. thing not giving up on God and so I I was sure really strong you. and I think that's when my husband realized you know you know I you said you can handle the military you know that lifestyle alone was challenging he said but when we went through this I really saw how much you really, really were a woman of faith. Um, I knew mm-hmm. it in our dating and in our conversation and as we become friends. But when you went through this, mm-hmm. I really saw how strong you were. And um, That's so beautiful. That that yeah. was that was that. Um, and we got through it. You know, you get through things, but you realize uh, when storms of life come you got to remember they pass away as well storms mm-hmm. come and they go away it's just a matter how long is it going to be there right yeah so yeah. so um you just have to be steadfast unmovable always mm-hmm. abiding in the works of the lord and that's what god showed me and so yeah. at the time i was um a bible study teacher to young people middle school mm-hmm. age and here I am, I lost a baby. How am I going to be able to Work still teach somebody else's children? Yeah. But yeah. I, I but if that if I that was my ministry, that was what I was mm. supposed to do. Um yeah. and even doing some um women's ministry um allowed me to um uh show other women's strength encourage that when they that's that's the one thing veronica that i really want to highlight that i think is so incredibly beautiful and powerful about you and your husband and the relationship that you leave the space that you live and portrayed um that every situation that was presented to you that would have been an incredible challenge at the time that you took as experience of wealth of experience to teach other people to love them through the storm and help them through the storm and that to me i'm having goosebumps just saying that to <laughs> that to me is uh you know I, there's this beautiful thing i shared this many times over you know love yourself through the storm and that's what you do for these people when they are in the midst of the storm because you know what it feels like and you know what you did to love yourself through the storm and to lean in even closer on your faith on each other as well and to really take that as a strengthening exercise rather than this is tearing us apart which is incredible hey this is just a quick break if you're enjoying this podcast think of one person that you'd love to share this with thank you so let us fast forward to your beautiful son. Tell us about that. How old were you at that stage? Well, that was your to, third uh, pregnancy, is that right? Those was the two pregnancies uh, that that led to um, miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, about two years after the second miscarriage, we were pregnant mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And this, we had wonderful doctors. We had wonderful um, um physicians that just really encouraged us to say that they were going to do everything they could to make sure that we had a successful pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And as a result, I did have um, a son who is now 17, a senior in wow. high school. Wow. So when we were going through, we didn't see that coming. 
Mm -hmm. And um, when my son was about three years old, um, I was pregnant with twins. And so mm -hmm. now we have twin 14-year-olds wow. who are now, so now all three kids this school year are mm -hmm. all in high school. Incredible. But, um, you know, I, I, my husband and I had a moment today because the kids are in um, in-person school here. And mm -hmm. today we have... Oh, I have just lost you, Veronica. You are frozen now. I hope we get you back. I have the right internet connection. I'm not really sure. Veronica, maybe you can send me a little chat message if you can still hear me because you're frozen for us and I can't hear you. Anybody watching this? I can see there are people watching. Can you please tell me in the comments if you can still see Veronica move because I can't. No, we lost her. I really hope Veronica is coming back in because her story is just so incredible. Her story doesn't just stop there. Um, with the birth of her son, the birth of her twins, it's absolutely incredible. There was one more loss that Veronica has experienced that really touched my heart so deeply when she shared that story with me. And I truly hope that she can come back in and share her own story because I understand here she is. Here she is. Oh, Marie, I'm Yay. so sorry. I don't it's know what okay. happened. My, it's okay. My We're still live and I've got you back. And I did a little ad break for you. And as I shared with our audience that I really hope that you can come back in. I'm glad you did because there is a really another story, another loss that you are about to share. And that happened when you were pregnant with your son. Is that correct? Oh, yes, um, Marie. I'd love for you to share um, this story because it's really, it kind of paints the entire picture of Yes. birth and um, death and I'll, I'll leave this story to you to share yes so not only did I have two miscarriages um mm. but I went through a lot of um and the night that I had um I was scheduled to have my son um in the new year of 2004 Mm -hmm. And um, I wanted the doctor to take the baby on November, on January 1st, but she said, no, I want you to take it on January 2nd. Mm -hmm. On January 1st, I spent hours on the phone talking to my oldest sister, mm -hmm. um, who is my, men who was my mentor, who mm -hmm. was just um, part of the reason why I am the woman that I am today the wife mm -hmm. that I am today and the mother that I am today as mm -hmm. a result of her, um, because I watched her from when the time she got married to having children. Mm -hmm. We spent a lot of time talking that day. We were excited. She was like, well, you call me as soon as you get to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, what I did not know is as um, that evening that we had spoken, my sister um, had passed away, Our, not that particular day. That day she had taken sick several hours after we had spoken. Mm -hmm. um, I did not know it. I was trying to reach family, but no one would answer the phone because there was a, mm -hmm. something big was going to happen that day. And I wanted mm -hmm. to hear all about it, but I couldn't yeah. reach her, couldn't reach my family. Yeah. Finally, someone realized that Veronica's calling all over town. So they, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, looking for everybody, right? So yeah. apparently they called my, um, they, I didn't, my one sister called and just to do chit chat and said, oh yeah, everything's fine. We're, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know where they are. You know, I don't know where everyone is kind of like, yeah. not to make me worry because I was going to yeah. be delivering the baby the next day. Oh. So I was, um, so that was I got, that was New Year's Day. 
Yeah. Um, in the evening, my family all lived on the West Coast. I'm on the East Coast. And um, that morning that we got to the hospital on January 2nd, I actually called my mom. And I said, hey, mom, I meant, uh, they just gave me my Pitocin, you know, Pitocin or whatever, the, my yeah. epidural. Yeah. And my mom didn't sound as happy as she normally would. But, yeah. and I noticed it in her voice, but I was like, well, maybe I got her when she was sleepy because it was very mm. early her time. Yeah. Um, she sounded, then she got happy to just, you know, say goodbye to me and to mm. give me her prayer and blessings mm. to have a healthy baby. Um, so we went on to deliver. That was early in the morning. I didn't have my son to almost at 940 at night. I was at the hospital mm. from 5 a.m. in the morning to 940 at night is when I delivered mm. him a very long mm. time. And so we had our baby. It was late on our side of the town at time. Um, we, my husband, you know, gave me the call phone to call a family member. And then they said, well, don't call anyone else. We'll call everybody else for you. You just mm -hmm. get your rest. Yeah. I didn't think anything of it. Um, my husband and I, we have the baby. Uh, we wake up sad. Don't call anybody else. Um, one of my sisters. Okay. When I called, I had talked to her. She said, we'll call everybody and tell them that you had the baby. Yeah. Wow. And I, um, so my, that Saturday morning, apparently my family had called my husband and mm -hmm. I didn't realize it, but my husband has swapped phones with me, meaning that, mm -hmm. uh, he said, you take my phone. Let me go charge your phone. Um, yeah. because I, uh, and as a result, um, Later on, we had visitors in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, um, I was very shocked that my husband. No, we're losing you again. Not now. <laughs> oh, no. I give it a couple of minutes. Veronica, we cannot hear you again. You're frozen again. I'm not really sure what your internet connection is doing today, but. Um... I really want our audience to hear this story because it's actually very beautiful. So where's the piano man when we need him to play some elevator music? This is such an incredible story. I did not know that part of Veronica's husband switching the phones, which is so, so beautiful when you hear the rest of the story. It makes so much sense. And here she's gone again, so I hope she's coming back in again in a minute that would be so beautiful to finish off this story um it really touched my heart i really love that we have veronica come on um in particular for all the christians in our group here that will draw a lot of strength from this story i believe so i'm just going to give it another minute hoping that veronica will come back in to finish off that story. I hope that everybody's having a nice day while watching this. Leave me a comment below. I'd love to know who's watching. I can see how many people are watching, but not who it is. So maybe you can say hi in the comments so I know who you are. Veronica, Veronica, please come back to me. I'd really like to finish this story. I don't know what to do without Veronica. I don't want to take this story away from her. But I want you to know the ending. There she is. Yay. Knock, knock. Marie, I'm so, I don't know what I had to change devices. That's okay. We've got you back. I just can't see you at the moment. I can hear you again. Okay, I'm getting there. Here we go. There you go. There I am. Oh, 
I want our audience to hear the rest of the story. So you basically were in hospital. I just said while you were gone, I think it was so beautiful of your husband to switch the phones because he obviously already knew. And then what happened? So my husband, I guess my family had called my husband to tell him um, that my sister had passed away. Mm -hmm. um as we talked over the over the years and uh, during that time he said he didn't know how he was going to tell me because he knew how close I was to my sister and he knew how much um she meant to me mm -hmm. and he said that was the hardest thing you know to have joy on one hand that we have our baby and to have a bittersweet moment to have to tell me that my sister yeah. passed away and so I say that to say it was a bittersweet moment. Um, he told me that my sister had passed away. Um, mm -hmm. He had actually called my pastor and our associate pastor's wife. Yeah. Uh, and they came to the hospital. And he shared that news with me. But I want to kind of go back, and I'm sorry if I'm going back. When I delivered my son, I want to say that I was minutes or seconds away from the doctor telling my husband that I was going to have to have a C-section, mm -hmm. but the room got so bright and I kid you not, I felt mm -hmm. that up above, because I'm laying back, right? And mm -hmm. I felt up above me was my sister and above her was Jesus. And this is wow. how I envisioned this that night, not knowing anything was happening. And the doctor came to say, we're going to give a C-section. But I heard Jesus and I heard my sister say to me that every birth has a little bit of pain. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, I squeezed my husband's hand and I told him, I'm going to push. Yeah. And as a result, I pushed. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's uh, how I delivered my son. And then getting to that, I had explained to him how I felt that. But at this time, he didn't know that my sister had passed away. I didn't know my yeah. sister had passed away. I just mm. knew that when I, how bright the room got, and I just knew what I saw above my head. Now, when he told me the next day, uh, after family had reached him to tell him, mm. and he said, I want to do it, but I want to call our pastor and um our associate pastor's uh, wife, because I know that they will help her. They're close to her. Mm. She admires them. Yeah. And they will be the ones to help us um, in this situation. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. Um, he yeah. called them. They came. I was a little bit um, taken back, like, wow, they came all the way here to 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 see the baby to yeah. to be here for us so I I'm not knowing what's going on yeah. and um one of them took the baby and Darrell and my pastor sat on my bed and they shared the story with me mm. and I want to tell you this um as uh heartbroken and that I was I took a breath you know mm. I I cried. And then my, I remember my pastor asking me, um, how do you feel? You know, mm. what are you thinking? I think she said, what are yeah. you thinking? And I said, it is well with my soul. Mm. And the reason why I can say that and I had that faith right there, even in the midst of something that was so tra uh, traumatic for me, is that I knew my sister had a relationship with Christ. Mm. And I knew that she would be going to heaven and yeah. that was uh, and I knew that uh, she had already demonstrated to me how to be a good wife how to be a good mother and mm -hmm. how to just prosper in life and balance and maintain all those things so I felt like she had already given me the tools and the strategies aside uh, and along with my mom that I, mm -hmm. I can get through this um, I want to say that if I had not had the, uh, if I had not pushed <laughs> and had a C-section, I probably wouldn't have been able to make it home um, to, to funeral. her funeral. Yeah. 
Yeah. And yeah. Um, the chaplain at the hospital, because, you know, you have a chaplain, they come in, they want to see if you're okay. We, mm -hmm. The doctor, the doctor came back on his off day and said, we just, we heard the story and we just wanted to come here and make sure you're okay. I wanted to check you out. I know you don't have high blood pressure, but such, so many things. You just went through too many things. You went through the emotions of a baby. Yeah. And you went through the emotion of, of having to get information from a dad. And I want to make sure you're okay. And I was actually fine. And he felt like, yeah. wow, you're such a powerful woman. I cannot believe this, you know. Um, and as a result, I was able to go home a little early. Um, we just had to go back a couple of days later to make sure the baby was fine. Mm. They gave me permission and all the paperwork that I needed to be able to uh, travel with an infant son that was days old. And um, I was able to go home and one of my sister's son, her youngest son, we had time together when I got there. He said, I'm so glad you made it. He said, but I want you to know that, you know, I, I'm sorry that I lost my mom. I know how close you were with my mom. Mm -hmm. He said, but seeing you here and seeing your baby, I, I feel like he's giving us all the strength to move on because we also understand that sometimes in death, there's new life. And my son represented the new life. Um, right. Even though we were going to have to learn how to live with the void of not having my sister. And mm. um, that's what happens in grief. We yeah. are hurt so much that we don't really know uh, and have strategies or tools to live yeah. Yeah. Um, with the void in our life. And that was something that mm. God has shown me how to live with the void. I'm not going to say that it was easy initially. Mm. It was not. Um, yeah. And I want to say... Um, my husband was in the military. He traveled. So on the night when we got back and when he had to go and travel and it was just me and the baby, it mm -hmm. was very difficult. Um, and so I, but I made it through. I had to press my way through because I was reminded that um, in her death, she brought life and she um, wouldn't want me to cry. She wouldn't want me yeah. to, to get stuck just in her death, but she would want me to find ways to um, to cherish her life, you know, mm -hmm. to um, yeah. to be uh, whether it be a conversation or something we we share together. Mm -hmm. um, and so I had to think of good moments with her. I had to um, be reminded of some of the deep conversations we had with her sharing yeah. with me, being a wife being a military wife and being yeah. a mother. Yeah. I I can't thank you enough for sharing this because I know it it, it was such a um, intense and long time for you, you know. We share this here in, in one hour or just under an hour, but for you there were years and years of hope, of trials, of emotional waves, of your faith being shaking, leaning into faith, building that relationship with God. Uh, stronger and the relationship with your husband stronger and your beautiful influence of your sister over so many years how many of you are there how many siblings were there when you grew up <laughs> when I grew up there was 11 siblings 11 um, and you're the youngest I'm the youngest we had four boys yeah. and seven girls and I wow. was the seventh girl wow That's so my life incredible. has some and significance having, <laughs> yeah having so many older siblings I know this from my mom because in my mom's uh, family there were nine living siblings it would have been 11 as well but there were nine living siblings when she grew up and you know it, it literally like the eldest children start help raising the younger ones after a while because there's like a like a, a whole generation in between the oldest and the youngest really and uh, I understand all about that you know the differences and the different generations but also um the bond that you have as a family and being the youngest I can only imagine what bond you must have had to that sister of yours and um, I find it for me the most peaceful and most beautiful moment in this whole interview was that you said you know you already had all the tools and strategies she's really told you well and that your soul was at peace which is so beautiful and seeing that you have also been gifted with a new focus, you know, somebody, a little new life that was gifted to you. 
that needed your attention and then being blessed with twins uh, three years later yes. as well. It's just such a beautiful story and I'm really, really happy that you shared it with us, Veronica. We've only got a couple of minutes left, so I want to quickly ask you one more question about the business that you and your husband run. Do you want to share a little bit about more what you do? You gave us a little bit of an intro at the beginning, but uh, uh, I always ask people that come here for the Upsell Brief interviews to then please also um, give the opportunity for people to contact you when they want to. So what's the best way? Um, give us a bit of a deeper insight of what you do in your business and how people can reach you. We will be sharing the links here in the group afterwards. So just give us a bit of a rundown. Okay. Yes, our business is Alliance Seminars Coaching. Mm -hmm. And just a little bit, our mission is that we support clients uh, by sharing strategies and skills that strengthen their personal and professional mm -hmm. relationships. Uh, we also mm -hmm. collaborate with individuals and organizations mm -hmm. to improve leadership skills, which increase individual quality of life and their business um, culture. Yeah. Um, we, we, we coach. It's quite a broad um, spectrum. It's a broad spectrum. It's relationships. Yeah as well as um, leadership, leadership. Mm -hmm. and as well as you know empowerment giving women purpose and and providing uh, i call it you know um understanding and identifying who they really are and becoming yeah. who they are um, yeah and i just want you know one of my main things about it is even in our brokenness um, God can mend us back together to be whole again. Um, mm. um, no matter how difficult life serves you lemons or, um, th you know, things are so bittersweet in your life, um, mm. you keep living and yeah. it gets sweeter. It does get sweeter mm. that um, the bitter is only a glimpse of the past, but it's not the future. And so... Yeah. I, I'm just always encouraged that um, nothing in my life, whether it was hurtful, disappointment, painful, it didn't stop there. It's mm. all was to help me grow and to be strengthened and to move forward in life. Um, and it actually catapulted me into being um, uh, a woman that is so interested in helping other women grow and, and learn more in their faith and in their walk and get through their life challenges. Because yeah. um, our, our storms and the things that we go through in life, it catapults us into our passion, mm -hmm. which then gives us purpose. So yeah. that's some of the things that I- and Purpose I is like a really big one. Yeah, purpose is a really big one. It is something that I address uh, a lot in our group as well because this is often where people find themselves on this crossroad, you know, when um, when one of their loved ones passes and then they stand there and try to find their purpose or try to reconnect to that purpose or create a new purpose because often that can change significantly after something like that, after an adversity like that. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for the time that you have spent with us here. I'm really glad that despite two quick technical difficulties, we could get you back in and actually finish your story. Um, I was actually starting to sing elevator music while you were gone. So um, I'm glad that you <laughs> well, saved people you. from my singing. <laughs> well, thank you. And I'm, again, I want to apologize for the technical difficulties, but I am so glad that um i was able to connect with you and to share my story yeah. to give Likewise. women and people hope um life doesn't stop at death you know mm -hmm. we just have to find reasons to live yeah i love that you say that thank you so so much for this statement and i will also get veronica to share links with us here in the group where you can connect with her where you can find her because i know that we have a lot of questions here in our community as well i always make a big point about this group not being about the faith but also not excluding it do you know what i mean so this group is yeah. really about healing and i believe that everybody needs to find their own way what suits them and i will never make a difference depending on what faith people are i will always include involve invite encourage people to come here to heal 
And I do know that there are a lot of Christians in this group, so I'm really quite happy that you shared your faith so openly for those who really needed to hear this message. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Veronica. And as I said, we will be sharing links how you can get, uh, get in touch with this beautiful woman. So much love to all of you. I have to look, I have to put my phone away because it was leaning here so I can see how many people are on and if there are any questions. But uh, I'm wishing you a wonderful day, evening, wherever you are. This is Veronica and Marie signing off. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show and you would like to find out more about Loving Life After Loss, please visit mariealessi.com. I shall see you next week. Bye.